Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. More compliments. Amen. We've got to tell each other something good. Amen. And we can't lie in church. Amen. We're so glad to have you this morning at this one service, and we are blessed to see what God is doing in our churches. You know, today I was thinking this time last year, or let me put it backwards. Right now this morning we have five out of the six churches that are going to exist in the Metroplex having services right now. Five out of the six. Amen. We just got Pastor Nestor and Priscilla left to kick out the, out the crib. Amen. And they'll be going out in a few weeks. But um, Pastor John and Ceci start this morning. And uh, God is moving, I thought, and also Costa Rica with Pastor Jose and Marcella doing the inauguration. And so this time, last time, last time we did a f- celebration service just a few months ago, we didn't have all these churches, and now we have all these churches. And it's exciting to see that we are expanding and getting out of the four walls, not just in outreach, but in starting churches. Amen? And if you're here for the first time and you don't know what our vision is, you're going to see the vision in action this morning in a message that I want to share if you've got your Bibles. And also for the outreach, or not the outreach, the fellowship after, uh, I guess we're playing it by ear. The, the rain is being interesting. It was supposed to be pouring all day, and it hasn't. I guess it poured here. didn't pour out where we live. Uh, so we're going to play that by ear, and uh, we'll just have to communicate and see if that happens or not. But we would love to fellowship with all of you. I want to ask... If there's a Joy Maloney here, Joy Maloney, and what about Lydia Dodd? Lydia Dodd? All right, one out of two. Thank you for your awesome review on our website. I didn't know who you were, and uh, Lydia Dodd also did a really great review. Amen. So thank you for that. Uh, look forward to meeting her. One of the, the neat things about the church growing, good and bad, is that sometimes you know, I want to know everybody. I want to talk to everybody. I want to get to know everybody. And sometimes as the church is growing, we don't know who everybody is. And that's a good and a bad thing. The good thing is that we're growing. The bad is sometimes you can't keep up. I even noticed this week a few people in our small groups as I get pictures. And I thought, I don't know who that couple is. And I want to go meet them. So I got to meet them last week. And so uh, just know that we are a friendly church. Amen. And we, we want you to never leave this place and think, man, they didn't talk to me. They didn't say hi to me. They didn't love on me. We'd rather it be the way that meant that they were too friendly and they got on my nerves than to be the other way around. Amen. Because God is a God of love. He loves us. And, and like Pastor Mario said, we have such an amazing group of miracles we could every Sunday celebration we could just pass the microphone around and you'd begin to hear such amazing testimonies and the cool thing about testimonies is I believe there's some people here this morning that are going through some real situations I believe there's some people here who are, have some doubt in their hearts I believe there's some people here who have a, a hardened heart I believe there's some people here who have a fearful heart and God wants to change those hearts into a heart of God this morning. He wants you to know that Jesus can change your situation. How many believe that this morning? No matter what the situation is, you're in the right place. If you need a miracle, we believe in miracles in this place. So I want to talk about the power of multiplication. The power of multiplication. How many know that when you're trying to grow anything good, and you're trying to do anything good, you, you can do adding and adding is good. The Bible even mentions that they added to the Lord daily in the book of Acts. 
But how many know that multiplication gets you there faster? You can add and add and add. And if you were, for example, as we just took up the offering, if you were trying to save money to buy a house or, or to get out of debt or to, and you're adding a little bit of money every week, that's great. But when multiplication can come in, all of a sudden it can be accelerated to a faster thing. And the, the exciting thing about serving God is we have a God who has a lot of principles in the Word and when we apply them and believe them, we, we come into contact with a God of miracles and a God of multiplication. Amen? We don't want our problems to multiply, but we want our blessings to multiply. We want our fruit to multiply. We want our children and our finances to multiply. We want, we want our joy to multiply. So there's a lot of things we want to multiply. And I want you to know this morning that God is a God of multiplication. I was reading this week something I thought was interesting. How many like pictures or, or ways to think of something to grasp an idea? I'm that kind of person. I like to give examples. And there was a museum of natural science in Chicago that was trying to tell or show the picture of what multiplication is. I probably should have put the picture in and I could have showed it to you, um, but it's a picture of 64 squares. So just picture if you were to look behind me or look on the screen and see 64 squares, and it says in the bottom left-hand corner, just picture that, is a grain of wheat, one grain of wheat. In the bottom left-hand corner of those 64 squares. And it says, if you doubled the, the amount of wheat, which was just one grain of wheat, as you move from square to square, every time you went to one, you doubled. And then you got to the 64 square, you'd have a certain amount of wheat. How many just followed that? Start with one, go through 64 squares. By the time you get to, and it doubles in every square. Think about this in your mind. How, how many would think maybe, and you don't have to answer, but just think, you might have a carload of, of wheat. That's a lot, right? A full truck of, of wheat. Or maybe you would have a train load. Maybe that would double so much that it would, it would cover enough to cover all the cars in a train full of grain. That's still not as much as it would be. And then you might think, well, what, what if it was enough wheat that you put it all together and spread it out over the state of Texas, that it would cover the state of Texas. Just those 64 squares starting with one grain of wheat. The answer is not a car load, not a train load, or the state of Texas. That thing in the Chicago Museum of Science says if you double that wheat once, every time 64 squares, by the time you get to the end, you have enough grains of wheat to cover the entire country, sorry, continent of India six feet deep. What does that mean? It means a lot. It means that that's, that's the picture of what God can do when we tag into his power and he takes the seed of our lives or the wheat of our lives. One person can multiply themselves and can do things that we can never even in our minds imagine. We can reach people that we've never reached before. That's why planting churches is so important. Because we're able to take, instead of, and if you haven't been here very long, you know that we, we don't believe as a church or a fellowship in the, what's called the mega church. We don't believe it's biblical. We're not, we're not out trying to go, you know, protest on their doors, but we're trying to have a church that is biblical and a, a church that has everybody coming into one place and not multiplying themselves is not biblical. Biblical multiplication is me getting saved, 
and you as well, and God changing my life and transforming my life, and then now I must go tell somebody else about Jesus. And then when I go tell that other person, they're going to go tell somebody else about Jesus, and it becomes a chain of God's grace. And when we are doing it genuinely, can you say genuinely? How many know we need a genuine witness? That means we need to believe in what we believe. We need to live what we preach. We need to be men and women of integrity and character and godly, holy lives. And if we're doing that, our lives are going to multiply. Here's another example along that same, same uh, train of thought with the power of multiplication. Suppose you go out, and I hope we're not supposing this morning. I hope we're doing this. Suppose every single one of us does this, but we're going to go with just one person. Because, you know, all we need in a message, I've learned this over the years, for God to do great things is one person to get it. There's a lot of more than one person in here this morning, but if one person gets this message, multiplication will happen. So one person gets it this morning and says, you know what, I'm going to go out of here today. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to stop worrying about what people think about me or how much Bible I know. And I'm going to tell somebody what Jesus Christ has done for my life. And I'm going to share with them the miracle of my transformed life and watch what God will do. And say, for the next six months... I am going to call that person. I'm going to follow up on that person. I'm going to keep reaching out to that person until I see that person serving God and fully committed to the Lord and watch that person's life turn into a disciple. If you were to do that as one person with one person for six months, and then those two people, they got the vision the person who said who went and reached somebody and the person who got reached. The person who went and reached somebody says, man, I, if, I, if I touch that person's life, who would they touch? And then the person who got touched says, you know what? I'm going to pay it forward and I'm going to live the gospel and I'm going to do what someone did to me just now and I'm going to go out and tell somebody about Jesus like that person told me. Then in six months, for there would be two. In one year, there would be four. In 18 months, there would be eight. Did you know how many people, and this is going to blow your mind, how many people that would turn into in 17 years? If every six months, that multiplied, doubled, and multiplied every six months of people just simply getting the vision, it would, it would equal out to, in 17 years, the population of this world. That's a mathematical fact. And church, we wonder sometimes, how many wonder, like me, how come the world's not saved? Do we ever wonder that? Like, why is there so many lost people? The answer is, not to be mean, we're not doing what God has called us to do. We've got to go out and reach people. Reach, teach, send. Amen. Can I get an Amen. This is, this is a, a fact that, that when we begin to do what God wants us to do, and I'm just going to throw this in. This isn't in the notes this morning, but Matthew 6.33 says, If I focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then he will take care of all my needs. A person who wins souls is wise, the Bible says in Proverbs 11.30. And not only are they wise, they're blessed. 
You know why a wise soul winner is blessed? Because a person who is winning souls is doing what God told them to do. And as he's going out and thinking about other people and sharing their faith with other people and saying, Jesus can do in your life what he did in my life, as I'm doing that, God says in a promise of his word, I will take care of all of your needs. All of your needs according to my riches and my glory. Amen? How many believe in that this morning? Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We thank you for allowing us to be together today. This is, there'll never be another day like today. Holy Spirit, we surrender to you. We make you, Lord, known to be the king of this world, king of this universe. Holy Spirit, we give you full reign this morning to transform minds to arrest the minds of people's lives here this morning who may think, I can't impact somebody else's life. I've made too many mistakes. I've failed too many times. Holy Spirit, quicken the hearts of your people today and cause them to believe in the Word of God. Cause them to believe that this Word is not just for one person or another person, but it's for them today. And devil, loose your hands off their lives. You have no power here. You have no place here. If you're a demonic spirit and you're trying to roam around this place and lie to people, you have to flee right now. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over you. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that at the end of this service, people are going to give their lives to Jesus. People are going to surrender their hearts to Jesus. And people are going to turn into soul winners in this place. And we're going to see the power of multiplication in Denton, Texas, like we've never seen it before. And we thank you for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Jesus goes up on a mountain. And he calls to himself those that he wants. I want you to know something this morning. You may feel like nobody wants you. You may feel like nobody loves you. You may feel like you have no talent or ability. Well, I've got good news. Stop caring about what the world says and start believing what Jesus' word says because he wants you this morning. Jesus the Christ wants you. He's recruiting this morning and he wants, he wants the most messed up people. He wants the most difficult people. He's not after the people who have it all together. If you have it all together here today, good for you. But Jesus is looking for some people who've had some issues and some problems and made some mistakes and gone through some failures and need a little bit of hope this morning. That's the kind of people. He didn't say, the Bible says he didn't come to seek and save that which was already saved. He came to seek and save that which was lost. And if you've already been found, amen, then you need to start telling other people about how Jesus found you. We've got to multiply ourselves and he went and he says they came to him God's calling for people to come to him today and then he appointed 12 you know God's a God of numbers when I started this off by talking about 64 and then talking about the one reaching the one and multiplication don't think that God doesn't think numbers are important he wrote a whole book called numbers Everything about him, even how he has the new heaven planned coming down and the gates in heaven and the numbers, God is a God of numbers. So when we talk about numbers, God is a God of numbers. And so he picked 12 people, and we know that's biblical. That comes all the way back to the Old Testament, the 12 tribes of Israel. God's a God of order. But it says that they might be with him and that he might, and I want you to leave this up there for a second, send them out to fellowship. What does it say? 
We can fellowship, and we should fellowship, but our call this morning, church, is to preach. Tell the person next to you and say, you're a preacher. Come on, I want everybody to do it. You're a preacher. That's what the Bible says. But the Bible also says many are called, but few are chosen, meaning not everybody chooses to follow. Jesus is calling every single one of us this morning. And if you're here and you have gotten your life together and you are walking in the righteousness of God, which you should be, and you are living a holy life, don't get comfortable. Get excited about serving God and get out there and reach some more people so that they can live holy, godly lives like you're living this morning. Let them understand what it's like to have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Let them know what it's like to have self-control in their life and that they can overcome any situation. How many could just think back to six months, a year, two years, three years, five years ago, the life you were living, maybe even a few months before you met Jesus? Can you look back and think back of what you were, who you were, and what you were doing? And who you are today and what you're doing right now? What a miracle. And there are people outside these walls right now waiting to be a part of the multiplication equation of God. Just waiting for somebody. Has anybody noticed that when you do witness? Yes, there's people who are going to flip you off. Yes, there's people who are going to cuss you out. Yes, there's people who are going to deny you. But there's a whole lot of people out there that are looking for hope. Waking up saying, God, are you there? God, are you alive? God, are you real? And if we'll go and tell them, they may change their lives. But we have to talk. We have to open our mouths. So I want to go to Acts chapter 6, and I want to show you the vision in action today, what we're doing. And I want you to understand, too, that, that, that anything that is worthwhile in our lives takes time. How many understand that this morning? Nothing good, nothing lasting, nothing eternal happens overnight. If you look at even your own life, we are forgiven immediately when we get saved. We confess our sins, the Bible says. We are, we are saved and, and cleansed and, and, and made righteous in him. But how many know the next day when you wake up, you look in the mirror at the old man or the old woman? You're forgiven in God's eyes, but it takes us a long time sometimes to believe God's word. And so things that last and things that make impact take time. But as I'm going through this message, and I'm about to share a really powerful testimony here in a moment about the power of multiplication, I want you to be thinking that if you're here, and I hope there's a bunch of us here that are like this, and you have just made a decision... Not just, but you've made a decision, but you're, you're, you're set in your ways that you are going to stay in this gospel until the day you breathe your last breath. That you're going to stay walking with Jesus until he calls you home or you hear the trumpet of the rapture. Nobody, nothing, and no how is going to turn you away from the things of God. You're never going to turn your back. You're never going to go back to who you are. You're looking forward. You're keeping your hand on the plow, and you're not looking. I know there's, a, I know there's some people in here like that this morning who are wanting to see God do amazing things in their lives, and you know who you are. And I want you to know that everything you're doing, God is seeing. And every step that you're making is going towards something. And every seed that you're planting is building something. I'm telling you this, how many like experience? How many like talking to someone who has experience? 
In other words, if you take your car to get, to get fixed, and how many know it's hard to find a good mechanic? And if they're good, an honest mechanic. Amen? I don't know if I've ever met one. Honestly, I don't know, because I would have them in my phone right now. And I'm not talking about people in our church here that know how to work on cars. Praise God for you. But I'm talking about a certified official mechanic. That's what they do. They're hard to find. Can I get an amen? And when you take your car to get fixed, and I'm not talking about just changing the brakes, although that's pretty stinking important. If you think that's not a big deal, but that's pretty important. You go to get your car fixed someplace. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you want to take your car to somebody who just got out of school and has never worked on an engine yet? but has a degree? Or would you like to take your car over to this guy over here who's never been to school, but has taken about 50 engines apart and knows the car like the back of his hand and has some experience and has seen all the things that can go wrong with an engine? I know it's kind of an easy, easy answer, but how many would go with the one that has no education and has some experience? I want to learn from people who have experience. I don't want to learn from people who are excited Hello? I don't want to learn from people that have a lot of zeal, although that's good. Excitement's good and zeal is good. I don't want to learn from somebody who toots their horn a lot or talks about how good they are. I want to learn from somebody who uses little words and lots of action and shows me they can fix my car. And when I get it out, it's running better than it was when I took it in. Amen. Amen. So experience tells you something, meaning you, and you hear me say this all the time, stay in this long enough to see the fruit come alive. God is waiting to see your faithfulness so that all the work you've put in, which we know never goes back void, every seed ever put in the ground is seen, God is watching us to stay in the course and finish the race and see great things. And I can tell you now, after 30 years of ministry and now pastoring for over 20 years, and even in the last five, 10 years, I've been telling you guys this, we've always had the vision to plant churches. But look at how now, after we've waited and we've stayed the course and we haven't changed what we believe or changed what we preach, I just want to let you know in here this morning, if you're somebody who has come and gone or you're somebody watching online who's gone or somebody who's coming back or somebody who's left or somebody who's uh, been around or whatever, whatever the situation is, I want you to know this morning that we haven't changed. The preaching hasn't changed. It's been the same for, for 15 years here in Denton, Texas. We haven't changed the way we've been preaching. Can I get an amen? We haven't changed anything. Our vision's been the same in this church as it's been in the fellowship for the last 45 years. And we're, the, the reason we're seeing fruit is because we're staying the course. We have to stay the course. I'm taking a little bit longer than normal today. This is a one-service celebration, and it is a celebration. But if we want to continue to celebrate, we have to continue to do what God's called us to do. we got to stay the course. And there's lots of ideologies out there. There's lots of modern churches who are trying to come up with different ways to reach people. There's only one way to reach people, and it's one-on-one evangelism. Outreaches are great, and we do them all the time. Our home church does them, we do them, we're supposed to do them. We're called Victor Road Outreach for a reason. But I'm going to tell you, after 30 years of preaching the gospel, the main way to build a church and to get people saved is one-on-one evangelism. That's what multiplies. If we were to look back on how this church grew over the years, it's going to go back to people inviting people. 
Can I get a better amen? Now, let's look at our vision in action in the, in the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 1. In those days, when now as we're reading this, how many know we should be emulating the book of Acts? How many know we should be trying to be like the book of Acts as best possible? And we should be seeing in our lives what's going on in the book of Acts. It says the numbers of the disciples was what? Adding or multiplying? How many want to start going from adding to multiplying in your life? Every area of your life. Not just, not just a soul winning, but every area of your life. Now, I'm not talking about multiplying pain or multiplying sores or multiplying scars. I'm talking about multiplying the godly things that God wants to have. Blessings, fruit, joy, peace, finances. How many want to see God multiply? Amen? As you're watching this and looking for this in your life, we have to see what they're doing in the gospel. It says, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. And then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples. They had a multitude of people they could call on. And it says, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. It doesn't mean they're not willing to serve tables. Anybody who has a, a godly anointing on them has a servant's attitude. But it says, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we can appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. In a church, for the churches that just went out and got started, they are not at this place. When you go start a church, you are the ministry of the word. You are the visitor of the jail person. You are the person who does the sound. You are the person who sings. You're the person who takes up the offering. You're the person who puts the chairs out. You're the person who does everything. And it's hard for that church to get going. It's hard for it to start multiplying because very few people are having to do all the work. But God wants a church to get to a place of multiplication where everybody is working and everybody's serving and the word of God can be preached. That's why a pastor should, when they're passionate, in my opinion, try to become a full-time pastor because they can be full-time pastors. It doesn't mean some people can't juggle it and praise God for those that are doing both. But it should be the goal, I believe, to be full-time, to where you can focus 100%. I tell these pastors when they go out, you, gotta you have to work, you have to do both, but you should have the goal in your mind to one day be full-time pastor. So you can do what God has called you to do, and you don't have to focus on anything else but the kingdom of God. And I see this here in the gospel. And they get to a place where now they're saying, we, we are growing so much that we can't spend time doing that. We need someone else to step up and do that ministry so that someone can be praying and continuing in the ministry of the word. Verse 5, watch this. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. Everybody, you know why? Because revival was exciting. They were like, that sounds good. We love what we're seeing right now. This is exciting. How many are excited to see what God's doing in our church? How many are excited to know this morning that there are four or five different cities right now in this Metroplex having a church service that have come out of here because you weren't willing to step up so that they could go? Amen. You're, many of you aren't going to go, but you've stepped up here so they can go. That's what's going on here in the vision. And it says, then they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, 
Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And watch this. When they had prayed, they laid hands on them, and the word of God spread. Somebody say spread. I'm going to want to see the word of God spread like wildfire in Denton. And the numbers of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. That's the vision that we're trying to fulfill right there. That's what the next step class is for, to serve in some capacity. When you first start, you're, you're not just going to just start teaching or doing some job and you know, in front of people, but you're going to be an usher or, or work in the Sunday school area or, or take out the trash or, or whatever. Just serve. Just serve. Show up to an outreach and say, what can I do? We all need to be doing that, and that's a healthy church is when a church is saying, what can I do so that this vision grows? What can I do? Now say this to the person next to you as I begin to push through this. It's supernatural. Don't forget the supernatural. We do things like get up and pray and go on outreach and, 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 and witness and do these things we're supposed to do. But never forget true multiplication from God comes supernaturally. Meaning we have somebody in God who is waiting to do something greater, as Pastor Mario said, than we can do ourselves or it's unexplainable. We want to live a life where your life is just unexplainable. God does so much in your life that people just scratch their heads. How does that happen? How did that happen? How did that take place? It's supernatural. For time, I'm not going to read the story. But I do want to uh, tell a little bit of paraphrasing of the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And then I want to tell you a testimony. How many know the story of the 5,000? There's a multitude of people. Remember that 5,000, the Bible tells us, is men. Not counting women or children. Could have easily been 20,000 people. And they're out preaching to multitudes, and, and, the, and the people come, and they tell Jesus, what are we going to do with these, with these people? And I'm paraphrasing this for time, because I don't want to take the time to read t 10 verses. But it says, they went to this place, and the multitudes followed him. This is in Luke chapter 9. You can look at it later. Don't put it up on the screen, please. And when they began to get weary, the 12 came and said, Send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions because we're in a deserted place here. Think about what God can do in a deserted place. Maybe you're here this morning and you, have, you feel like you're in a deserted place. Like there's no fruit, nothing's happening, nothing good's happening. Where's God? If you're in that place this morning, you're actually in a good position. Because that's where miracles happen. So they're in this deserted place, and, and Jesus says to his disciples, give them something to eat. Can you imagine if today we had 5,000 people in the parking lot, and I just said, hey, let's go out and give them something to eat right now. Come on, everybody get up, let's just go out there, and let's just feed them right now. Can you imagine? What would we do? Some of us would just stare at me. Some would actually get up and start going outside, going, I don't know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. By the time I get out there, something's going to happen. Some would go out that door. Amen. 
But just imagine, I'm just, hey, let's go give these people something to eat. I just found out there's 5,000 people in the parking lot and they're hungry. Go feed them. That's what Jesus did. But Jesus knew, this is important, already knew what he was going to do. Remember this, when God's asking us to do something impossible, he already knows what he's going to do. All he needs is us to believe. All he needs is us to tap into his supernatural power. And, he, and they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Another story tells that some, one of the disciples went and saw a boy that had his lunch. My dad, Pastor Andrews, would always say the uh, 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 fish dinner from, from Long John Silver's. He had his lunch. And no one else had food. And one of those disciples, and that's what God's looking for this morning, is just one person to have this kind of faith. One of them said, Master, there's a little boy over here who's got a lunch. Do you see what's happening? He's saying, I believe in the miracle-working God of Jesus. I believe that if, 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 he can, if he's asking us to feed these people, he's going to do a miracle. He says, that boy over there has got five loaves and two fish. And then it says, for there were about 5,000 men. So he makes him sit down, and we know the story, church. He blesses it. And that's a big key. When God blesses something, multiplication happens. When God's hand's on it, no man can stop it. And, and the Bible tells me, as I go back to being a soul winner, the Bible tells us that in Peter, 1 Peter, that God wants our souls to prosper, or sorry, us to prosper as our souls prosper. So when he sees a man or woman who is the person here that when I said, let's go out and feed those 5,000, you were already in your mind trying to figure out what, where could I go buy some food or how could I, that's the kind of person God's looking for. It's just somebody who doesn't go, that's ridiculous, but goes, God is able. Amen? And the cool thing is in here today, nobody knows who thought what. But if you thought God is able... That's the kind of person God's looking for. It's somebody who just says, this is impossible. This doesn't make sense. But I'm going to go back. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm just going to keep going and serving. I'm just going to keep tithing every week. I'm just going to keep praying every week. I'm just going to keep reading the Bible every week. I'm just going to keep witnessing every week. I'm just going to keep doing what I know I'm supposed to do. And one day, God's going to multiply it. About 10 years ago, I went to the Czech Republic and preached the conference there. And I remember very clearly that there was a church in Slovakia, a church. The church head church in Ostrava is where I went to preach. And I remember very clearly I went to another church to preach. And they brought a church over. And I can tell you that 10 years ago in 2012, there was about five churches in that area. Just about, I could be off by one or two, but that's about how many churches there were. Today, 10 years later, out of the Czech church, and that Czech church, don't ever underestimate one man and woman and one church. That church only runs about 100 people. If you've seen them at the conferences, Pastor Oscar and Helena, I, I, I said this at Discipleship, if you've tried to go to a conference in the last few years, you've been kind of gypped because we haven't been able to have all our pastors there. But they're real. And so Pastor Oscar and Helen, a pastor of that church of about 100 people in Ostrava. 
Well, today, 10 years later, because of the seed sown in the ground by people who just keep doing what they're supposed to do, today in Europe, out of Czech Republic, we have 33 churches from five. Amen. That's multiplication. About 15 or 20 in Czech Republic. Several in Slovakia. France. England. Four in England. Ireland. Canada. And Germany. Out of that, out of that area in Ostrava. 30 three churches, and they send their attendance in just like we do. I want you to know this morning on this celebration day that you're part of a fellowship that has reports, that is accountable to our home church, that sends in financial sheets every single month, and the churches that have already gotten out are also sending reports every single month to us and the home church. If you ever question or wonder what's going on with the money, we're accountable to a fellowship. And these reports are our attendance. And out of that 33 churches, there's about 2,720 people. That's a mega church. Amen? How many believe that's a true mega church? What, meaning one church turns into many. Now, several years ago, many years ago, Pastor Gould went into Zaire at that time, which is now the Democratic Republic of Congo. You've seen Pastor Gould at conferences. You've seen uh, Pastor Ben Musa. And, and they started to work. Show you the power of multiplication. Not just a story church of somebody, some missionary over there that we don't even know. I'm telling you, it's our story. Victory World Outreach's story. I went there and preached 2010 in the Congo. Been back to Kenya a few times. We started a church in Tanzania a few years ago. So I've been there, but I haven't been back to Congo since 2010. I, I went and preached at one church, which was Pastor Ben Musa's, which I've showed you on the video, which is unbelievable, right? They fit about a thousand people into this a building this size, like sardines and hundreds of people on the outsides, hungry for God. Well, Pastor Gould started some churches and sent out some men just like we just did. And it's been gone for a lot of years. And I remember hearing several years ago, and you may have heard me say it, I think we have a bunch of churches in the Congo that we don't even know about. There's so many, and they're out in the, really in the bush. Meaning you can't get there unless you get on a plane or a boat from Kinshasa. We just found out this, this uh, in the last few weeks that in the Congo, now this doesn't count Kinshasa. This is outside in the bush. And it says right here, and I, I know you trust me as your pastor, it says, Chapel, I wish somebody here spoke French, so, so I don't butcher it. De la Victoria, which if you speak Spanish, that's close enough. Victory Chapel. That's what the churches around the world are called. We used to be Victory Chapel before Victory World Outreach. In that area of the bush, listen closely, we have 57 churches. Just out in the jungle. That all of their names are right here. Stay with me on this. And all their, all their attendance is here. I'm just grabbing this paper. Just to th I don't know these people. 150, 214, 347, 280, 110, 260. These are churches just like ours. 
We have about 300 or so on a normal Sunday. Can you imagine a church like this out in the bush? That we don't even know how to get there? Can you imagine what Pastor Gould just felt and what Pastor Jones just felt and what I feel for them to realize the seed that they put out all those years ago has multiplied to 57 churches? If that doesn't shake you and challenge you and excite you, check your pulse. That's multiplication. And he, he didn't even know that this guy was doing this amazing work and planting all these churches. Only heaven will tell. When you add up all these, it's an average, I think we did it on a Friday morning, of about 160 persons per church. That doesn't sound like that much, does it? 160 people. But times 60 is 10,000 members. 10,000 members of Victory World Outreach in the bush of the Congo. Come on, somebody. Can somebody shout like you know that God is doing something? Hallelujah. And that's our church. That's not just a church. That's our church, our churches, our brothers and sisters from this fellowship. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see what God's going to do in the next five to ten years here because I want to catch the Czech Republic. Amen? Maybe past the Congo. Competition is good when it's healthy. Amen? How many believe that we can see God multiply over and over in these next few years and, and do an accelerated work to see more churches planted? That's what you're a part of this morning. That's what we're celebrating. And it happens because all of us go out of these doors and we tell people about Jesus. And you don't know who you're going to reach. You might reach somebody who's going to be the next Billy Graham of, of South America. Or the next Billy Graham of the United States. You might reach that person. You might reach that person. It will be accredited to your account. Father, thank you for this amazing testimony this morning of what multiplication does. Of what church planting does. Of what changing lives does. Lord, I can tell you today, on October 16th of 2022, after 30 years of serving you, that I'm more in love with you than I've ever been in love with you. I'm more thankful to you than I've ever been. I'm more excited about serving you than I've ever been because I'm getting a glimpse and a revelation of what multiplication is, God. That when we just do what we're supposed to do and stay the course and stay faithful, you are the one who comes, the Bible says, and brings the increase. Some water, some sow the seed, but God brings the increase. Today we're going to pray and we're going to leave this place with a challenge again to continue to do what we're doing and also many that need to step up and start being a soul winner and start serving and start finding a way to be a part of the gospel in this church and this fellowship and what we're doing to reach the lost. But how many all over this place this morning, from front to back and side to side, this, you're excited and you're challenged, but today you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You may be watching online or listening on the podcast, and today if you died and passed into eternity, you would stand before God, and He would not be your Savior. He would be your judge 
But today you can call on his name. And the Bible says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Just believe on him this morning. I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. I call on you, Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sins so I can be saved and have eternal life. He who believes on me, though he were dead, he shall live. How many all across this place want to live? Maybe you're dead this morning in your sins and in your your life. You're not saved. You're not born again, but you can be right now. Just say, Pastor, pray for me before we move on. I want to be born again. Just put your hand up and put it back down real quick, all over. That's me. You're talking to me. I see your hand, young lady. How many more? How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. You're here and you're not saved. This is the most important moment of your life. The Bible says tomorrow is not promised to anyone. This isn't a scare tactic. This is a fact. What will you say when you what will you say when you stand before a living God who says that you're a sinner? I'm going to say I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. I put my faith in what Jesus did on the cross for me. How many more? You're not saved today. Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. Maybe you're here. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. If I was offering you a million dollars, you wouldn't even hesitate. Why would you not believe on Jesus? You know, accidents happen. We had, we had our family in our church just getting a horrible accident Wednesday night after church, just going home from church. Thank God they're perfectly fine. God kept them, but it could have been bad. It can happen just like that. Life stops just like that. Don't put it off for next week. Don't say, I'll get right next week, or I'll get my life together, or I'll forgive that person. The Bible says, today's the day of salvation. Today's the acceptable day of the Lord. How many more? If I walk out of here, I don't know if I'm ready. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you're running from God. Maybe you're not living the life you used to live. We've got people in this church, and not every church in the world's got them, unfortunately, who just even a few weeks and months Year, even some years, but just a few weeks or months ago, we're sitting in this congregation just like you. And today they're backslidden. Today they're back in their old ways. Today they haven't been in church for months, making bad decisions. And I don't have to have spiritual discernment. I just see Instagram. They're lost. Or they think they've messed up too bad. They can't come back. That's a lie of the devil. Jesus always will take you back. But we got to get serious. If you're here and you're playing games, teenager, if you're here and you're playing games, young person, older person, if you're not serious, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, get your life right today. Get your heart right with God today. How many could be honest with God and say, that's me, pray for me, I need to get right? I see your hands. Let's stand all across this place in reverence to the Lord. If you raised your hand in this place this morning and you need to make a prayer of salvation, you need to make a public confession of your faith, I want to ask you to find that nearest aisle and just come down here. I want to pray for you. We're going to pray for those that are online as well. If you raised your hand, don't wait for somebody else to, to come out. Just come. If you meant it, just come. Just step out and come. Come find a place. Come on. Don't be afraid. Come on. Several hands went up. Amen. Come on. Praise the Lord. Young lady, I saw your hand back there somewhere. Come on. 
Come on, don't wait on somebody else. If you, if you raised your hand, you meant it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, this is the reason we're here this morning. We're not here just to show up and dress up and play church. We're here because souls are hanging in the balance. And lives are passing into eternity every hour. Jesus, get a hold of these people who've come forward this morning and get a hold of those that are watching online right now and listening to the podcast that right now are ready to accept you as Lord and Savior and and believe that you died on the cross for their sins and put their faith in you this morning. Believe on Jesus. He who believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. Say this with me, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I admit that. I fall short of your glory. And the wages of my sin is death. But while I was still a sinner, you died for me, the ungodly. And this morning I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that if I am in Christ, there is now no condemnation. Jesus, forgive me for all my sins, all my mistakes, all my rebellion. Change me today. Give me a new heart. Take that heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. From this day forward, I'm going to serve you and live for you. Today I'm not my own. I belong to you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.